Welcome back. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy and joining us right now. He's the commissioner of the Cutterbury High School Activities Association, our friend Mike Kruger. Hello, Mike. How you doing? Jim Rio, good morning, guys. It's always good to join you. Happy Thursday. Uh, happy Thursday to you as well, Mike. Before we talk about some of these other things, like the vote on the shot clock and the mm-hmm. change in the, the fee scale, if you will, or the way the, the fees are, are uh, dealt yep. with in terms of the playoffs, uh, I know you had some big news. You texted me about this and asked to, to come yeah. on, and always great to have you come on. Uh, there's something that's going to have an impact on the Western Slope in a very positive way, and that's uh, Assistant Commissioner Michael Book. He's going to be on the Western Slope. Now, he's from Steamboat originally, correct? Right, yep, and he still has family that lives in, his son lives in Gunnison, and, uh, you know, Mike spent a lot of years in, in Gunnison uh, with his professional career. So, yeah, he is very, very familiar with uh, and grew, you know, with the Western Slope and has spent a lot of time over there uh, during his professional career. So he's, he's very excited to be going back home to the West Slope. So this is a pilot program where, where Mike is going to act as basically a voice for Chassa to, to, to work with schools on the Western Slope. So there's an actual person that will, will deal with this part of the state and a, a guy that obviously knows this part of the state very, very well. Yeah, I, I mean, it, we, it was something we've been talking about for a, a number of years. I thought about it years ago when I was uh, at Palisade. And, uh, you know, it's just it's, it's a kind of a, a big switch for us. We've never done that. But, um, you know, the, the Mike approached me last spring, earlier last year, and said, um, you know, I'm thinking, um, and when I retire, I'm going to move over to the Western Slope. And, and we were just having a conversation, and, and it just kind of morphed into, what if, what if that happened earlier? And um, it's something we've been, you know, I know personally I've been toying with, and, but we wanted to, uh, it is a fundamental change. And, and as I brought it, uh, the idea after thinking about it for a while, and um, you know, talking to Mike, and then I brought it to uh, the staff, and especially Monica, his assistant. And you know, we talked through it uh, for about six months and said, "What could that look like? What would it entail?" And we thought the the uh, right decision here was uh, and give us an opportunity to, as you mentioned, pilot it, see how it does, see if it's uh, effective. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that it would be beneficial to have someone uh, over on the West Slope that can uh, be, you know not readily accessible, but can get to events and, and feel, you know, and be a liaison in that sense. Uh, but certainly we're going to learn from it. We're going to see, you know, how it works. But, uh, you know, I'm really excited about it. And I think, you know, if it, if it is very successful, we, you know, at least that opens the ideas that, you know, if that would be effective in other parts of the state if we ever wanted to go that route. So lots to learn uh, through this, but we're really excited, and I think it's going to be incredibly beneficial uh, to the schools, the 58 schools that we have on the West Slope. Chassis Commissioner Mike Kruger with us today on the Team Sports Network. So will, will Mike work out of Steamboat? How is that going to work? Of where, where will he be based out of? Yeah, he's actually going to be based out of Grand Junction. Okay. Um, and we are working with uh, Mace County Valley School District 51 and Paul Kane uh, to see if there's some uh, space we could find Mike there. Um, you know, we do want him to have an office, and uh, we want him to have a place that, uh, you know, he can work out of. So uh, Paul has been great. Mace County Valley School District's been great. But we felt that Grand Junction is centrally located. Uh, you know, when you think about going south of, of GJ or you think of going north from GJ and from Steamboat to Ignacio, and North Park to Dove Creek, uh, you know, GJ's kind of fall, Grand Junction Falls right in the middle there. So it's, it's a good home base for him. And so he is uh, looking in that area, and so I, he is going to be based out of GJ. 
So how soon will Mike Book start working as essentially kind of a Western Slope commissioner working for you out of here? When when does that start, Mike? Yeah, um, it's going to start sometime this uh, probably late spring, um, early summer. Uh, you know, a part of it has to do with um, housing for Mike. Uh, we're really ready to go at any time. We've been talking about this internally for a while, and the board of directors uh, has known about it and has really been incredibly supportive. Uh, you know, we have Heidi Vorringer from Montrose and Ty Gray from Dove Creek uh, on our board, and along with uh, a number of board members that have ties to the Western Slope. And, and But our board as a, as a whole was very supportive. And um, so we, we think that any time um, this spring, it, it'll depend on when Mike can find housing and as soon as we can get the office space set up. But I wouldn't be surprised if it happened any time from April to June. So. All right. Yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a great idea to have somebody, a voice for Chassa, that's on this side of the hill that can, if there's something that needs to be addressed in, in Durango or, or Montrose or mm-hmm. here or or Craig, that there's that, that person that can go and, and represent Chass and, and deal with some of the, the, the issues that uh, impact high schools and have that, that face and that voice with Mike Book uh, representing, uh, of course, you, Mike, and, and the folks over in Denver. We're talking with uh, Mike Kruger, the uh, commissioner of the Colorado High School Activities Association. The uh, Legislative Council voted on a few things. Uh, you're talking about local people. We had Paul Kane on uh, yesterday to talk about this. Uh, Paul's the Tournament and Playoff Finance Committee chairperson. And it's a it's a change in how playoff, I, I guess, monies are, are, are utilized, where uh, host schools in the past paid a percentage of their playoff gate revenue to Chassa, and then also a portion to help reimburse visiting teams for traveling. But uh, the new... Uh, the new amendment passed in pretty good uh, margin, 56 to 14, that each member school will pay an annual fee for Chassa based on what that school's basketball classification is. And so they'll be able to keep profits from playoff games. So this is a, it's an important change. It changes a structure that uh, you know has been, been looked at and criticized off and on over the years. Yeah, no doubt, and I have no doubt Paul did a great job of explaining it way better than I can, but uh, I was lucky enough to sit in on those meetings that Paul was leading and our director of finance, Sarah Vernon Bruner, was leading, and uh, just, uh, you know, just to to listen to the process and i'll tell you you know you know paul very well jim and most of your listeners do he's he's an incredible leader he is just a great mind for that especially when it comes to finances and um you know paul's leadership really led you know he he really led us through this and and with that being said i think you're right it is something that i know even back to the days when i was an ad and a district ad um it was a process that was constantly being brought up is can we look at this can we do something different with it and it's it's tedious there's a lot of work that goes into filing every school filing forms for every postseason event that they host, getting reimbursements to the other school and um, and the formulas, figuring out, you know, because this the host school still keeps some money, but the other money goes back to the visiting school and then part of those proceeds coming to our operating expenses as an organization. And so uh, Paul did a great job of leading us through that process and looking at data and comparing data from years in past and what that means for Chassa. And, you know, it's really not going to impact our organization because Paul and the team used uh, averages over the last five to seven years, and and so it really doesn't affect us. It really truly is a procedural and process change, and I think the best way to look at it is um, it's, you know, it's we are a benefit-sharing organization. Every every 365, 367 of our schools benefit from the, the programs that we, we host, you know, and that we promote. So music, student leadership, uh, including our athletic programs, esports, the whole nine yards, and uh, but that with that, 
that comes cost-sharing. So it hasn't been as much of a cost-sharing approach, um, which is going to impact some of our schools differently, and we're looking to see how that impact's going to help them or how it's going to affect them. That could be positive. It could be in some years, you know, a little bit of a downturn. But we, we definitely are trying to listen to and look at what those impacts might be. But what I am comfortable in saying is this is much more of a membership-focused approach uh, when it comes to tournament and playoff finance, and I know for sure, for a fact, that our host schools um, are definitely going to benefit in the sense that they will be keeping more of the money that they bring in, and then after certain net proceeds, there will be a cost, a percentage that goes back to the visiting team. So we, uh, I know Paul and the group really tried to cover all their bases with that, and I think they did a great job, and I know also that we're going to have to pay attention to what some of these impacts are for our schools that don't don't make it to the playoffs as much uh, historically, but we, there are definitely other pieces of this that are going to, uh, we can find that will benefit all of our schools. So I'm um, really proud of the work that they did. Yeah, the, the two districts that really opposed it, Denver Public Schools or Public Schools, and, and part yeah. of their, Mike, part of what, and Paul and I talked about this a little bit, and, and Paul relayed some of this information to us, was their concern that they don't have teams make the playoffs often enough. There's already the the annual membership dues the the fee per each sport activity and then you'll have this uh, this this fee also that goes on on top of that that they feel like well we don't have teams that make the playoffs so this seems like an unfair thing yeah. for us to have to pay which I, I find that I find that curious that that you I don't know if I'm a coach in one of those two uh, those two districts I feel like what you don't feel like the work we have teams capable of competing and, and making the playoffs, and I get it. Historically, there's, you know, those some of those numbers back up what they're saying, but it just seems like an odd thing to, to, to bring up that well, we don't have teams that are competitive are going to be playoff teams, so why should we have to pay this? Well, um, you know, I I have some experience from being at APS, and I know yeah. I've worked. I sat down and talked with Kevin Benji and, and Casey Powell, the district ADs from both of those districts prior to prior to Tuesday, and I think some of it too. I, I definitely understand their concerns, and I agree. You know, I think all of our schools. We hope that there's a. a uh, hopeful desire that we all can partake in the in the postseason, and we can look at some of those things too in terms of our playoff formats and and make sure how we can help. Uh, but a, a point I, I want to make on that too is, uh, with the current system, it's not very desirable to host some of these regional events because it does cost you quite a. It can cost thousands of dollars, and you're you've either earned the right to host those, or you know there's a number of those regional events we're looking for schools to host. And we I just felt like you know, and and kudos again to Paul and the and the team, but you know. Should we have a system where it costs you or it's, it's a penalty to deserve to host those games? And, and now it should encourage our schools. Like, you know, I hope that uh, DPS, APS, all of our, you know, the Mace County schools, everybody is, has a stronger desire to step in and say, hey, I'll host this wrestling regional because it's not going to end up costing me thousands of dollars. I can now make money, you know, and, and I benefit from hosting, and I can pay my workers, pay the security upgrades, pay the facility fees, and hopefully at the same time give some money back to the visiting schools. The thing that is, uh, you know, uh, the, that we heard from a number of our schools too is, you know, it's nice. You know you can budget for a fee where you can say, here's what we're going to send to our membership organization, but after that, um, we keep everything, and, and we keep, you know, all the money that's coming in, and it can help offset those costs. And that, that to me seemed like uh, I'd like I think it is a different fundamental approach, but I think it is membership-focused, and we will certainly work with all of our schools, not just uh, APS and DPS, to address some of those impacts. And I know Paul and, and the group will continue to evaluate those impacts, and we'll see where we can continue to support and keep money in our schools. 
And just for transparency for the, the people that are listening, what what this is going to cost as far as the this the, the playoff fee, if you will, one uh, A schools and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Mike. This comes from the Denver Post. One uh, A okay. schools will pay six hundred dollars on top of the membership fee and the the per sport fee. Two A's eight hundred dollars. Three A's a thousand. Four A's fourteen hundred. Five A's nineteen hundred. And six A is twenty six hundred dollars. That's those are all correct. Okay. Yeah. So and if that's a one time annual fee, so one A school you know pays uh, six hundred dollars, and that's it for the year. And then any money they make after that, or a two A school, the same, you know, eight hundred. They they keep everything after that. So no additional monies come into the to the membership organization. It, so. it just seems like it is a real a real positive change in regard to schools being able to 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 make money. And Paul talked about you know time sending money over to Chass in the past for after football playoff games and and big chunk of change that that yep. left district 51 and now and, and other school districts have had to deal with that as well so i think it's been a, it's yep. a really positive change uh what they approved uh, yesterday with or the other day with the legislative council mike kruger chassis commissioner with us today and then mike will wrap it up with the the vote by the legislative council on the shot clock uh there was some negotiating and things you know that, that went on there but ultimately the legislative council voted against the shot clock uh, when we had paul on with us he said yeah it's it's dead for now, but kind of like, kind of like Jason or no offense, Freddy Krueger, uh, that, uh, coming back. that, uh, oh, that it, it, he, he doesn't, he thinks it'll, it'll probably come back at some point. I, I anticipate that. Yes. Uh, as well. I, I think the neat thing you said, there was some really good debate on it, which I, I absolutely love. Um, you know, we sometimes in the, in the past, few years, you know, we'd come to legislative council and everybody kind of knew how they're going to vote on something. And there wasn't a lot of debate where years ago we did used to have quite a bit of debate on things. And I think it's a good, I think it's good because it means we're probably doing a good job of communicating things out and leagues and our member schools know where, where they fall on things. But I really enjoyed the debate. I really liked the fact that uh, there was a little, there was contentious discussion, you know, and said, hey, I, that's the way our membership works, right? That's, we're a membership driven organization. Um, we don't get to make all these policies over here and i'd love to and sometimes but our membership makes these policies our membership makes the bylaws and creates the legislation and the shot clock's no different and um i do think paul is exactly right though i think there was uh parts of the shot clock proposal that there was some some feeling that maybe we'd like a couple of things changed uh, a couple to look at things a couple of ways uh differently in terms of the implementation i anticipate that we will probably see something as early as april uh this april at legislative council at least another proposal and we'll see where the membership is with it at that time but um you know i really felt like it was the membership working and um you know and it was not you couldn't really point out it wasn't a specific like you know all the west slope schools voted one way or all the small schools voted one way that was spread out through the membership so um i think the those proponents of the shot clock have a little bit of work to do to find out what the areas that were con- causing uh, concern and if they want to bring it back and see if we can get the membership behind it then uh, we'll do that but i really thought it was very evidenced of the fact that we're a membership driven organization and the membership just wasn't ready uh tuesday or right now to implement the shot clock the way it was being proposed so when paul joined us yesterday we we, we talked about this and I said, are we are we trying to address a problem that doesn't really exist? And yeah. Paul, I think, tends to feel that way that it's it's yeah. not it, it teams are not holding the ball four corner for for three minutes and things like that on any kind of regular basis. I know you and I when we saw each other recently. Um, I don't know if I 
should share this, but you you seem to kind of echo. You know, you did a, you know the old basketball coach that you are. You did a little scouting. You went to some games and and charted some yep. possessions. And and Mike, you you know you tend to feel that that maybe there this isn't really a problem that needs to be solved. Well, I think I look at it a little bit more like, is it what's the impact going to be? And so last year during the state basketball tournament, you know, I did spend a couple games, and you're right, you know, the old basketball coach in me, but I charted the number of possessions that actually went over 30 seconds, not even 35, and they were very limited, if, if any, in, in a, you know, less than, I'd say in some games, less than five possessions, uh, and in some games, almost none that went over 30 seconds in the state of the, you know, state of play. These days isn't like the days when you're talking to a, a guy that used to run the Princeton offense and slow it down because we couldn't, comp- uh, you know, we, we were always running up against those big guys from Junction and Fruta and Central. So um, we, we use that as a strategy, you know, to try to keep the game close. But, um, you know, my feeling is not so I don't necessarily have super strong feelings one way or another on the implementation. I just feel like what I do want to ask, you know, what is the impact going to be on the game? And I think there are scenarios where we've seen a game here or there where somebody pulls it out. And, and goes four corners to try to slow the game down, especially toward the end of the half or end of the game. Um, and that's a strategy that can be employed. As far as a huge impact on the game itself, I'm, I'm not quite in that uh, boat yet to say, think that it's going to be so impactful that uh, we, we know it, it's going to have these great impacts and it's going to make a huge difference. But at the same time, I know there's a strong component that says this is where the game is today. And, and you know, Colorado is one of the starting to become one of the few states that doesn't have it. And there's some big reasons why, why they do want to adopt it. So I think it's a matter of looking at it from impact. And then when you're a school that maybe is, you know, you're operating on tighter budgets, um, you have to weigh that into the what's the benefit and what is the impact as opposed to what it's going to cost us. And I think that's where the state got a little, uh, you know, the membership got a little bit of pushback was uh, thinking about that. Is it worth, uh, you know, this the, the cost that it's going to, uh, be to to put it in our gyms, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where we go from here and where the membership goes on it. And I, but I expect we'll be talking about it. And many people were made comments uh, a little bit, you know, saying, "Oh, great, we get to talk about shot clock for the next four months again." But um, I think that's a good thing. We the membership's voice uh, always drives the ship, so we're excited about that. Hey, Mike, always appreciate it. Before we go, you know Mike. what always keeps coming back? What's that? <laughs> Rio, I miss you, man. Yeah, <laughs> da, 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 da. yeah I, I don't miss oh him, Mike. God. And I'm, I'm right across the glass from him. That's one really, of my favorite clips. <laughs> I don't really miss him. So. Oh, uh, you guys, keep up the great work, you guys, and we, re- we really appreciate you. And good luck as we get into the basketball season. Hope we'll see you down here uh, for some of the state games. I'm, I'm sure we will. Hey, Mike, always appreciate it, my friend. Take care.